Hello, you're um, listening to Jerry McGee of Biting Life Ministries, Overcoming Life's Obstacles of Long Talk Radio. Welcome. Appreciate you listening in. Tonight I'll be teaching on understanding the will of the Lord. And um, we'll just begin with prayer. Uh, before we do that, though, um, uh, we just meet the, the first and the third Tuesdays of each month from 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time. We will be on here live, and so invite people to listen in. At the end of the program, you can uh, call in for prayer, and you don't have to give your name. I know a lot of people don't want to call because they'd be embarrassed, but you don't have to give your name. You just can say, I don't want to give my name, and I'll be happy to pray for you at the end of the program, and you'll need to dial 646-595-4700. Eight four, and don't forget to press one. Um, I'll tell you more about my website and some things that you can order off the website uh, at the end of the program. But we'll just begin with prayer. And Father, we just come before your throne in the name of Jesus. And Father, we come telling you that we want only your will tonight. We want you to be glorified. Father, that's our heart's desire that every life be changed, that each person who's listening in will hear the word of truth that will change their lives. Father, I thank you for this word that's been life-changing to me. Father, I ask you to cover each person who's listening in with the blood of Jesus, cover their families, their houses, their possessions, and my family and possessions by uh, the blood of Jesus. Uh, Lord, station your holy angels over um, Ronnie and Dorothy and all their families, Lord, and my family. Father, we just thank you and praise you that it's the truth that sets us free. Uh, God, we thank you for your word that's forever settled in heaven. We thank you that you watched over your word to perform it. Father, I just release in the name of Jesus your resurrection, healing, delivering power into every person who's listening in. God, I thank you that you said whatever I bind on earth is bound and whatever I loose on earth is loosed. And so, Lord, we just loose on each person the truth that sets us free. Father, the conviction of sin, the fear of the Lord, and a spirit of repentance. And, Lord, we just uh, thank you that we've been raised to sit with you in heavenly places far above principalities and powers. So we bind you, Satan, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in heavenly places. We bind you in the heavenly places and on this earth. We forbid you to work with, communicate with, make contact with anyone on this earth or in the heavenly places to work divination against me or Dorothy or Ronnie or our families or any person who's listening in, in the name of Jesus. Uh, We declare that you're bound in Jesus' name. Uh, Lord, I loose your ministering angels to minister to each person. Fill each home with your holy angels and your Shekinah glory with your holy presence. Lord, we ask you to baptize us with your Holy Ghost power. We pray, Father, for the spirit of counsel and might the spirit of excellence, extraordinary wisdom, knowledge, insight, dreams, interpretation of dreams, explanation of enigmas and solving of difficult problems that you gave each of us, Lord. We thank you and praise you. We bind and break. We we pray a special covering of warrior angels over us to boomerang back on the enemy, every curse and assignment sent against us, every word, curse, spell, hex, vex, charm, incantation, divination, Assignments, attachments, mind control, shrouding curses, caging curses, witchcraft, voodoo, magic, black magic, sorcery, mind control, words of death, words of iniquity, curses, assignments, satanic rituals, spoken over, 
Blog Talk Radio, over Dorothy, over Ronnie, over our families, over my family and myself, over every listener in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we just thank you and praise you for what you're going to do tonight. In Jesus' name, we send every curse and assignment back on the enemy seven times over, unbroken and in full force. In Jesus' name. And, Lord, we lift up President Trump. Uh, Lord, we ask you to fill him with the knowledge of your will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding that he might walk in a manner worthy of you, pleasing you in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of you. And tonight, Lord, I pray the words of his mouth, the words of our mouth, the meditations of our heart will be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. We thank you and praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. As I said, the the message is understanding the will of God, and we all need to know the will of God. It's only when we go off onto our own path and go our own way that we have serious repercussions. And so it's God's will that he be glorified. That's his greatest will, that you and I glorify him. And 1 Corinthians chapter 5 says, This is a confidence you can have toward him, that if you ask anything according to his will, he hears you. And if he hears you, uh, you already have what you asked for. So when we ask God for wisdom, Uh, and we ask to glorify God, we can know he's going to answer that prayer because it's his will that he be glorified. The scripture says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him come to God and ask him who gives liberally and upbraids not and let that man not um, waver or be doubtful when he asks because a man that, um, that kind of man is uh, like a ship driven of the wind tossed. So many uh, years of my life, I'd ask the Lord, uh, Lord, should I do this? Should I do that? And I'd go, well, is that you, Lord? Is this you? Or is that you? And um, one day I heard a message about how when we ask God, we need, to, we need to ask him with confidence and not waver. And I repented. So now when I ask God something, I don't waver. I say, Lord, I'm coming, and I'm not wavering. I'm asking you with confidence. He answers my prayers. Uh, I'm so thankful for that, and I'm still I've been a Christian 55 years, and I'm still learning how to hear God. But I thank you, thank the Lord that more more and more I'm hearing him more and more. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and they obey me, and they'll not follow the voice of a stranger. The voice of a stranger, that word stranger means the voice of another. Any voice that contradicts the word of God is the voice of a stranger. So you know that God never says anything to you that contradicts the word of God. I've had people say, well, God told me to leave my husband, or God told me this, or God told me that, when it didn't even line up with the word of God, so you know God didn't tell them. Uh, the scripture says, a wise person seeks answers from the Lord. <laughs> Proverbs 14, verse 15 says, the naive, which is the simple, the silly, the easily seduced, believes everything, but the sensible man orders and considers his steps. The scripture also says in Proverbs that a prudent man considers his steps. A prudent man sees the danger, the scripture says, and he hides himself. He sees that the path is a dangerous path, and so he goes the way of wisdom. He doesn't go the way of the harlot, and he considers his steps. Um, Understanding is the truth that sets me free. In John chapter 8, it says that if you abide in my word, you will know that you will Truly be my disciple, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Uh, I've seen people heal just the minute they just hear the truth, they're free. 
and I've probably shared this on the program, but I'll share it again. But I had a, a, a pastor lady call me from Oklahoma. I didn't, I couldn't even tell you her name. I don't even know who she was. But she said, I'm getting ready to have to have hip surgery. And she said, and um, do you have any insight? And uh, so the Holy Spirit just showed me. I said, well, when you were growing up, did you have to carry your brothers and sisters on the hip? Because you see, a hip is a picture of nurturing. And I can tell you that hip problems come in through the lack of nurture. I've got a picture of my daddy holding me on his hip when I was probably three or four years old. And that picture is very precious to me. But it's a picture of God's uh, care for us. The scripture says in, um, I think, I'm not sure, in the Living Bible, I mean the Amplified Bible, it says, I believe it's in um, Isaiah 68, I think. So don't quote me. But it says, and I'm going to give you the Amplified version. It says, God will pick you up on his maternal knees. So there he comes as El Shaddai, the many-breasted God, and he will trottle you, which means bounce you up and down on his hip, um, and he'll pick you up and put you on his hip. And uh, those of you who haven't been nurtured, you can find that scripture and claim that. Ask God to pick you up. You know, you've seen a little child lift up his hands and say, get me, Daddy, pick me up, pick me up, Daddy. Now, some of you never had a daddy to do that, so you need to forgive your daddy if you never had a daddy that would pick you up on his hip. And, uh, you know, thank God our, our Heavenly Father is nothing like our frail uh, parents. You know, you can have the best parents in the world, but they're human, and they're going to violate the Word of God in training you up because there's no perfect person except Jesus. And so those judgments we make on our parents um, – put a block between us and God until we deal with it. You know, God has a lake of blessing he wants to pour out on us, but all we get to trickle because every judgment we make puts a log jam between us and God. And so a lot of times when we're seeking deliverance and healing, we've got to go back first to have a good perspective of God so we can go to God, to the the mercy seat of God to receive help in, in time of need. But this lady that was a pastor, she came to me and she, and so I said, well, When you were a child, did you have to carry your brothers and sisters on the hip, which is a picture of, I had to, I said, did you have to be the mama and did you have to be the daddy? And she said, how did you know? And I said, well, the Holy Spirit told me. I said, and now you're a pastor and now you're carrying everybody on your hip. And she said, you don't have to pray for me. I'm already healed. The truth set her free. Um, You see, when a the Bible tells parents, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. Train up a child, the, the negative is true, train up a child in the way he should not go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. And so how we're trained up sets a default in our life, and we keep trying to break out the default, break out of the default, but we keep getting kicked back into the default. An example would be when you go on a computer, you can type um, – you can type a letter and use any font. I think there's about 300 of them. Not sure how many, so don't quote me on that number. But there's quite a few uh, fonts that you can change your and type a letter and use any font. But the minute you go into another letter, it kicks it back to the way the factory set it. So how you and I are trained up is how the factory sets us, uh, how we were set at the factory by our parents. But it sets a default. And until we go back and forgive our parents, We can't break out of that default until we forgive our parents for their negative 
training us up and for the areas they violated the word of God and training us up. But I'm back to the originally when I was telling you, it's the truth that sets people free. And God said, if you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples and you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And I just want to tell you that if you're a Christian and you're not abiding in the word of God, you're going to be very deceived about what the will of God is because the will of God is for us to be aligned with the word of God. And understanding is the truth that sets us free. The scripture says in Proverbs, forsake your folly and live and proceed in the way of understanding. Understanding is to turn away from evil. In Hosea 4, it says the people without understanding are ruined. So we've got to have understanding, which is the truth that sets me free, which the truth uh, in every situation would be the will of God because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And God's will is that he be glorified. Um, Jeremiah 29:11 says that God knows the plans he has for you. They're for good and not for evil to give you a future and of hope. How many of you didn't realize that God had a, uh, God had a plan for you? He knows the plans he has for you. They're for good and not for evil to give you a future and to give you a hope. And that scripture meant so much to me. I've shared this before probably on this program, but uh, the Lord's bringing it to my mind again. But uh, when, when my sons were 8 and 12, their daddy left me for his secretary, and it was the darkest hour of my life. But the most, the, uh, it was like somebody took a two before and hit me right between the eyes. I mean, my whole life was absolutely shattered and I was sitting in church this one night after driving by his girlfriend's house and seeing him hold her seeing her 13 month old baby in in his arms and him leaving an 8 year old and a 12 year old without a daddy I mean it broke my heart because I was loved by my mother and father um, and accepted by them you know the, the, the rejection of him leaving me was not nearly the pain of looking at my sons without a daddy. That was the most heartbreaking thing in my life. And I was sitting in church this one night, and tears were splashing down on my Bible. And this dear lady next to me, she reached over, and she turned my, uh, turned my Bible to Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, where it said, God said, I know the plans I have for you. They're for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. And I can't tell you what that scripture did in my life, that God had a plan in the midst of this heartbreak, that God had a plan when my life was caving in, when uh, when my heart was so grieved and so broken, uh, that God had a plan. And I tell you, I've hung on to that verse. The scripture says that he scheduled in, in Psalms 139 in the Old Old Living Bible. It says that God has scheduled every day of your life before you were even born. He scheduled. He knew you when, he w- when you were in your mother's womb. You know, when your uh, father's sperm met with your mother the mother's, to fertilize your mother's egg and you were conceived, God knew exactly what he was putting you on this earth for. And so uh, if we understand the will of God, We'll fulfill the purpose of our creation. And I can't think of anything sadder than before the Lord and have him say, Jerry, you missed my will for your life. And so we've got to understand what the will of the Lord is. And this message is to tell you how you can understand the will of the Lord. If you only knew how much God loved you 
how much he cares for you, how much he wants to heal you and deliver you and set you free, how much he wants to uphold you and affirm you, provide for you, answer your prayers, uh, love you, accept you, uh, so much that he died for you. Um, If you only knew that, you would run to God. But the problem is uh, we've had frail earthly parents that have modeled for us a poor picture of what God's like, and that, that has put a block between us and God. This is why we don't run to God. If you knew how much God loved you, you would run to him. He said he will never leave you, never fail you, and never forsake you. And I can tell you in 55 years that I've known God, even my whole life, God has never, never, never uh, let me down. He's always wanted the best for me. And, you know, I can say because I had parents that always wanted the best for me, it's easy for me to believe that God's perfect will is the best for me. Now, if you're listening to me and your mother and daddy didn't want what was best for you, they were selfish, they didn't uh, take care of you, they abandoned you, they didn't nurture you or provide for you, it's hard for you to want to give your life to God and to submit to his will because the lie is that God's like your mother and father. You know, your your head may say, no, I know God's word says God's this way, but your heart says, oh, yeah, he's just like mom and dad, and that's until you get healed of it. But God's got to first get all those father-mother issues healed because as you do that, you'll the lie that, that God's just like them will dissipate and you'll run to the throne of grace for mercy and help in time of need. God is nothing like your, our frail uh, human parents. I probably had the best parents that any child could have. They were not perfect, but I never felt unloved a day in my life. I was never not provided for. Uh, my parents always wanted the best for me. My dad would always give me an answer whether I wanted to hear it or not. He always would guide me and direct me. And you see, if your parents didn't guide you and direct you, the lie is God's not going to He's not going to direct me either. And I can tell you, you're a fainter. If your view of God is all these negative ways, then when you go through a problem, you want to give up, quit, bail out. And if you're married, you want to divorce. And so that's a fainting spirit. But if you go to the throne of grace, you get you go to God with every problem, with every difficulty. Uh, you get all the mother-daddy issues out of the way so you can run to God and not believe those lies. And you go to God. He has an answer for everything you go through. He's got a perfect will in everything you go through, and he wants you to talk to him. If, you, if your parents didn't talk to you, um, then I can tell you that's one reason why you, you have a hard time in prayer. Is because your parents never uh, talked to you, especially your daddy. If your daddy didn't talk to you, the lies God don't want to talk to me either. Um, and that causes you to not want to talk to God because you think he don't want to talk to you. It's not that you don't want to talk to him, but you think he don't want to talk to you. Um, you know, the first seminar I ever did was in 1990, and a girl said, came up to me and she said, um, she said, I just, she said, I have a difficult time sitting under the word of God. And it just popped out of my mouth. I said, well, did you have a difficult time listening to your daddy? She said, oh, I couldn't stand my daddy's voice. Every time my daddy would say one word, I'd just go Ugh! inside. <clears throat> Excuse me. She said, I couldn't stand his voice. So I led her in repentance. And about three, uh, about a month or so later, she was in my house. She said, do you remember when you prayed that for me? She said, you know, I didn't know I had a hearing problem. She said, my eyes were, my ears were healed because she wouldn't listen to her dad. And she's, and this girl said, I love the word of God now. 
so your judgments of your parents, that would keep you from the word of God if you hated the word of your parents. Um, how many of you know that your steps are ordered? Do you really believe that? <clears throat> Psalms 139, I already quoted this, said, God knew you when you were in your mother's womb, and he scheduled every day of your life before you were even born. Hallelujah. Proverbs 20, verse 24 says, Man's steps are ordained of the Lord. How then can he understand his way? Now, many of you might say, well, if, it, if God has a plan for my life, my life has surely gone bad. Why has this happened? Why has that happened? Why, why, why? You know, I can honestly say I've had two husbands leave me. I've had a son die of AIDS. Um, I can tell you, I know what it means for family members to reject you, for people to reject you. Uh, in fact, at one time in my life, uh, somebody said, well, you're kind of like Miss Job. No, I was nothing like Miss Job. I couldn't, I couldn't have gone through the, the things that Job went through. My, my, my pain was minor. But in all of that, I can honestly say I never said, why God? Never one time. You know why? Because I knew my mother and father, they would, my mother used to, if she thought there was a mosquito in the house, going to get me, she would be up while I was sleeping trying to find the mosquito. I mean, that's how how much I was nurtured as a child. And so because because of that, I've never said, why God? Uh, because I had parents that modeled for me. I knew my mother and dad wanted the very best for me. I remember when my dad was about 80 years old, I was walking on his property and he was showing me his uh, he had a farm, and there was a river running through the farm, and he took me down to show me that river, and I started through a bush, and he said, no, no, let me go first. There could be a snake in there. See, that's how I grew up. I've never, I've never, uh, I've always known that God would protect me because I had a daddy that would protect me, and I'm not telling you all of this to say, oh, you know, ha-ha, look at, my, look at me. I had this kind of daddy. My, my parents were not perfect. In fact, they didn't even take me to church. Um, my dad taught me about God, but I'm saying they, they were very, very imperfect. But, you know, the Bible says love covers a multitude of sin. And if you grew up with a parent that didn't cover you with his love, I mean, there could have been so many mistakes, but if he loved you and you knew he loved you, you would never doubt love. You would never doubt you were loved. And when I was going through uh, the divorces, uh, with the divorce, I was only divorced once, thank God. When I was going through the divorce, I never said, why God? I never I never questioned God wanting the best for me. So it was easier for me to go to God because I had parents that gave me a good image of God in those areas. Um, I remember in church once there was this precious friend, and she, um, I'm going to say she had arthritis in her feet, and that and that a lot of one of the roots of arthritis in the feet is you're bitter towards your past. You think you've got that God's given you a raw deal, and you don't like the way your life has gone. And of course, this woman had a lot of rebellion in her life. And you know, when we have stubbornness and we have rebellion rebellion in our life, we get a lot of uh, we get a lot of whippings from the Lord because He disciplines every son whom He loves. But I remember in a Sunday school class, this this lady said once she said. We were talking about angels, and I, and I said, you know, I really believe God's given us each, given us a a, um, a guardian angel. And she said, I don't believe that. She said, if God's given me 
uh, guardian angel. He certainly gave me a puny one. See, she was bitter toward toward life. And so uh, God has a plan, and it's a good plan, and it's for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. And so, um, you know, the reason we go through things is what God's trying to conform us into his image because of our sin, because of the sins of the forefathers. Uh, we have a lot of areas of our life that God needs to correct. That's why he said he disciplines every son whom he loves. And to discipline us, that doesn't necessarily mean he's mad at us. It just means that he wants to align us with the word of God because he loves us so much. He knows that when we violate the word of God, there's consequences. And behind our sickness and our need for deliverance is sin. And so that's why in all that we go through, we need to ask God, not only, Lord, what's your will in this situation, but what are you trying to teach me in this situation? Psalm 37 says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Job 31 verse 4 says, does he not know, does he not see my ways and number all my steps? Psalms 32 verse 8, God says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. And, you know, as you're reading the word, you read this, your parents didn't instruct you um, and teach you then and, and, and counsel you with their eye upon you. Forgive them for that. And that's how you align yourself with the word. You know, my dad would always instruct me and guide me. But one thing just a few days ago I repented of, um, I was listening to Catherine Kuhlman. And she said that when she was a little girl, she said she had a lot of ear infections and her dad would take her in his lap and he would put his, she would put her ear to his chest and he would rock her with love and compassion and tenderness. And that's one thing I had to forgive my dad for because I don't remember every sitting in his lap and the time I do remember getting in his lap, he kind of pushed me out of his lap. So that was something I had to forgive him for. It was harder for him to to, you know, hold me with tenderness. Um, and, and one of the reasons is I, because I was just like him. You know, we have a hard time with the kid most like us because we don't like ourselves, And so we see things in that kid that reminds us of ourselves, And so we reject it. And that goes back to an unloving spirit. You know, you can go on my website. In fact, you can go back to Dorothy's, um, her other's network into the archives and listen to the unloving spirit. Um, but my dad, I had an unloving spirit. So did my dad. And I was the child most like him. So he pushed me away. And so if you have a child that you have a harder time with, it's usually because he's like you and that needs to be dealt with. But anyway, so as the Lord shows me things, I forgive my dad because see those judgments block me from realizing the tenderness of God. And so because I've judged my parents, uh, my dad and my mother, I don't remember her ever holding me, but she would come and get in bed with me when my dad would hurt my feelings. And she would, she would minister to me with words. I don't remember her being that affectionate, but she was. But, um, you know, I'm, maybe some of you just get tired of hearing me talk about mom and dad issues, but can I tell you everything, everything you're going through now in the, in the present is a rerun of your childhood. And when you really realize that, it's just God's trying to mirror uh, things going on now to show you what you haven't forgiven your parents for. And so the will of God sometimes is hard. 
it's a hard thing for us to know the will of God or discern his perfect will for you and I, but he has a perfect will for each of us. Um, and I'm sure that at one time or another in your life, you've been in this dilemma of feeling like you were at a crosswords, a crossroads uh, where uh, one way you was God's and the other way was not God. Uh, David had the same dilemma. In Psalms 73, verse 2, he says, But as for me, my feet came close to stumbling. My steps almost slipped. Um, and so just what is God's perfect will? Uh, we find ourselves at this crossword at one time or another in your life, but God wants to tell you his will. Uh, it's his will that you um, know his will. And so how do we ascertain God's perfect will? Uh, one way we can know God's will, perfect will, is that he never tells us anything that contradicts his word. In seeking God's perfect will, we must not have a will of our own. This is the key. Um, I have to bring my heart to such a state that it, that, he, that it has no will of its own in regard to a given matter. Um, and if you're not to that place, ask God to bring you to that place where you want his will over your own will. 99% of the troubles we have with other people is because of fear. And I've shared before how I deal with fear. You can go into my website, jerrymcgee.com, and you can listen to a message on overcoming fear. You can also go into the archives of uh, Blog Talk Radio, Dorothy Carruthers, and you can find that message. But how I deal with fear uh, is to take it up the mountain like Abraham did Isaac. Um, I'll say to the Lord, Lord, you, you hear what the devil's telling me? Because can I tell you that fear is faith in what the devil says rather than faith in what God says? Faith is, is trusting God in his word, but fear is trusting the devil in what he says to you. So the way I overcome fear is I do like Abraham I, and did Isaac. Um, I, I don't think you would think it was a good thing for uh, Abraham to take his only child up the mountain and put a knife to him. But uh, I take all of my fears up the mountain, and I say, Lord, if it would, you hear what the devil's trying to tell me? Lord, if that would bring you greater glory and honor, then so be it. The devil, you can't, you can't uh, touch me. I can tell you it works with hurt. It works with uh, ang- anger. It works with, uh, um, you know, if I think somebody's treating me a bad way or and I think they need to do a certain thing, I give it up. And that's what it means to let go of your life that you find it. And that's the perfect love that casts out fear is just taking it up the mountain and giving over your will to God's will. And so uh, 99% of the difficulties we go through, um, we can overcome them when, when uh, our hearts are totally one with the Lord, whatever it may be, to be willing to do God's will. Uh, whatever it, it may be. You know, years ago there used to be a song, and um, I don't know if I can sing it, but I'm going to try it. There's a voice calling me from an old rugged tree, and it whispers, draw closer to me. For whatever it takes for my will to break, that's what I'll be willing to do. Take my houses and my land. Take my dreams and my plans. That's what I'll be willing to do. 
For whatever it takes for my will to break, that's what I'll be willing to do. And I used to sing that song. And, of course, I've gone through some things after that. I'm thinking I shouldn't have sang that song, but, yes, I should. I can say whatever it takes, Lord. I want to stand before you and not have any regrets. And I want to live my life in such a way that it's not a temporal value system, but I have an eternal perspective. Honestly, I can say that God's done that in my life. Is I want to live not for now, but for eternity, because eternity is forever and ever and ever. Most people live their life for, for the nasty now and now, and they have a temporal value system rather than an eternal perspective. And uh, that's a sad place to be. And when we stand before the Lord, I want him to say to me, well done, my good and faithful servant. And I'm sure those of you who are listening in want to hear the same thing. But we need to ask God to change our perspective. There's a scripture that says, um, if I can think of it, um, teach me, O Lord, to number my days that I might present to you a heart of wisdom. And so we have to be willing to have our heart so one with his will that whatever it takes, whatever it takes, and whatever it is, we have to be willing. And when our hearts are in this state, it's just a matter of time before we'll know what God's perfect will is. And you want to know why we have such a hard time in discerning God's will? You know, we cry, we worry, we fret, we stew, we scream, we're anxious, we're doubtful, we're fearful, we're fretful because we want our own way. And, you know, it doesn't matter uh, how spiritual you are or how uh, what a wonderful relationship you've had with God or what a marvelous experience you've had. That's just human nature to want our will. And we'll know God's will when we totally give over our will to God to get our heart in such a state that it's one with God, I get our heart in such a state that we have no will of our own, but we only do want to do God's will. And and I'm almost 80 years old, and I can tell you earlier in my life when I was younger growing up, even a younger Christian, even, you know, when I was in my 40s and 50s, there were so many things that I wanted. But I've just discovered that when I do God's will, that's what makes me happy. I've discovered I fret less if I just take everything up the mountain. I don't stress. I don't fret. I don't worry. I don't screw. I just give it up to God. And Jesus said if you hold on to your life, you lose it, and you you, um, give up your life for his sake, you find it. Now, I'm not trying to give you the impression that I'm perfect because I'm certainly not. I'm working on areas of my life just like you are. We're all a work in progress, but I can tell you, that God is bringing me to the place of only wanting his will over my will. And and it's a, it's been a progressive thing, thing over the years. And if you want your own way, ask God to change your thinking processes, change your mind to want his will. And so we, we, uh, uh, we've not even given our, we've not brought ourselves to the place where we've surrendered to the will of God. And if you if you're listening in and you're wanting deliverance and you've not surrendered your life to the Lord, can I tell you there's not going to be any deliverance or healing until you do. He's got to be 100% Lord and master of your life. And uh if you're not there, then ask God to bring you to that place because he'll do it. Uh basically we do exactly what we want to do and this is our human nature. It doesn't matter how spiritual we are or what a marvelous uh experience we've had. It's just human nature. And the hardest place for us to get in our Christian life is where we're so surrendered 
we have no will of our own. Ninety-nine percent of our troubles uh, in, is in knowing God's will. It's because we fight against God and his will. And, you know, sometimes we even know God's will. He'll tell us his will, but it might take us months in order to surrender to that will because we still want our own way. Um, Proverbs 16, 9 says, the, man, the mind of a man plans his way, and that's been my problem and yours too, but the Lord directs his steps. Have you ever had anybody come to you for advice and they end up doing what they want to do anyway? They, they were going to do what they wanted to do anyway. Um, and so that's our trouble. We've got to come to the, and for us to come into the presence of the Lord, we have to surrender to him. Um, and, you know, Jesus, even Jesus had a will apart from the Father because he couldn't have been tempted. You know, the devil took him out on the mount and, and tempted him. And said, you know, just uh, just bow down to me, and I'll give you the kingdoms of the world. And so Jesus, uh, if he hadn't had a will of his own, he couldn't have been tempted. But you know, he was as much man as if he were not God, and he was as much God as he as if he was not man. But had he not had he not submitted his will to to God's will, Calvary would have never happened, and we couldn't have been forgiven for our sins. We couldn't have been uh, healed by the stripes of Jesus or could be delivered from the the demonic spirits that have bound our lives. Um, uh, there would have never been a cal- Calvary uh, if Jesus had not given his will over to God's will. In the garden, uh, he submitted his will. Had he not uh, submitted his will, then uh, Calvary would have never happened. When he prayed, let, let this cup pass uh, by me, so he, he, so Jesus' will was that the cup passed pass by him. But even so, not my will be done, but thine be done. And when you and I are seeking the will of God, in the moment when we get our hearts in a state where we want his will more than our own will, then it won't be long when we'll know what God's will is. Um, and don't don't leave the result to your feelings our reasons because we can be deceived and make sure that what you're hearing is lining up with the word of God. Since faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, when God speaks to you, you know that you know that you know. Because faith comes by hearing. And after we know the will of God, it takes determination to follow him. Uh, Psalms 44 verse 18 says, our heart was not turned back and our steps have not deviated from your way. <clears throat> and, of course, the blessings of finding God's will, just some of the blessings, is that um, you'll have a purpose. You know, most people don't have it. And I talked about this a little bit earlier, a purpose, an eternal purpose. Uh, you've got to have a purpose higher than yourself or you uh, you have an empty life. But God gives you a purpose through knowing his will. Uh you will have succeeded and won the victory that Jesus won for you at Calvary by allowing him to conform you into his image, which is the purpose of the trials you go through. First Peter 2.21 says, For you've been called for, for this purpose since Christ also suffered in the flesh, leaving you as an example for you to follow in his steps. And and then the next thing, the next benefit, and, and I'm just naming a few benefits, Another one is everything you need for health in life, health and 
and happiness you'll be added in the, unto you. Matthew six thirty three says, Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. That's every blessing, everything you need in, in life for health, happiness, and peace will be added unto you. He'll meet all your needs. Uh, you'll be able to comfort others with the same comfort you've been given. Did you know the word that the scripture says the Holy Spirit is the comforter? You know what the comforter means? It means the strengthener. Uh, there's been times in my life when I was in distress and I would go before the Lord and he would comfort me. Second <clears throat> Corinthians 1, 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our afflictions so that we might be able to comfort those who are afflicted with the same comfort with which we ourselves have been comforted by God. For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. <clears throat> Proverbs 3 says, All his ways are pleasant ways, and all his paths <clears throat> are paths of peace. I remember when my son was my youngest son was dying of AIDS, his name was Todd, and you can go on the, to my website, jerrymcgee.com, and see his testimony that's gone worldwide since, 19, uh, since about 1990. Uh, it was on cable access to TV in Houston until the homosexuals had it put off, but it was called Todd's Greatest Regret. Um, anyway, my son was dying of AIDS. My husband had just left, and my neighbor said to me, Jerry, you just have so many problems. And I just went before the Lord and I said, Lord, I'm the happiest person in the world and I've got your peace. Am I deceived? I must be deceived. And so later, about a week or so later, and this prayer was on my heart, I went up to Maine to visit my son and my, at the time they were living up in Maine, and visit my granddaughters. And I was reading the Bible to my granddaughters and I read Proverbs 3 and it says, all of his ways are pleasant and all his paths are peace. I was saying, oh, God, I am not deceived. I'm not deceived because I had peace in the midst of that storm. Um, because when my son got AIDS, I had been praying, Lord, whatever it takes, just say his, save his soul. And uh, so when he got AIDS, I was glad because I thought, God, you're, you're going to use this and you're going to raise him up and he's going to be the preacher I always thought he was going to be. And, uh, of course, God took him on to eternity, and he's in heaven with Jesus. But um, but anyway, um, the fact that he had AIDS, I thought God's going to get his attention. And, of course, he went on to be with Jesus, but praise God, he, he got saved. Uh, another blessing of knowing the will of God is that he enlarges your steps, and they'll not slip. You know, if you're on a narrow path, say you're on a cliff and there's just a narrow path, you can fall over that really easy. But if God is, makes that path wider, he enlarges the, the places that you step, uh, you're not apt to fall. Another blessing is that you'll be on the highway of holiness. Isaiah 35 says there's a highway of holiness that no lion, no fool, no unclean can walk on. So that's a place of safety meaning that you don't have to worry about ISIS, you don't have to worry about um, anything because you're safe when you walk the highway of holiness. Psalm 17.5 says, My steps have held fast to your paths, my feet have not slipped. Another blessing is the law of God will be in your heart. 
Psalm 37, verse 31 says, The law of God is in his heart, and his steps do not slip. Uh, another blessing is your steps will not be impeded, and when you run, uh, you'll not stumble. Proverbs, when you walk, your steps will not be impeded, and when you run, you will not stumble. There's been a few times that I've I've tripped and fell on my property, but usually it was because I was walking in pride. The Bible says pride goes before a fall. Uh, because you have God's perspective, he'll say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. And uh, and so God wants us to have a heavenly mindset. Psalms 139.1 1 says, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. <clears throat> thou knowest my down-sittings and my rising up. In other words, when I sit down and when I rise up, you understand my thoughts from afar. It means that God knows what you're thinking. <clears throat> you you, you, you compasseth my path and my lying down, and are acquainted with all my ways. You know everything about me, God. For there is not a word on my tongue, but, O oh Lord, thou know it all together. You know, he knows every word you're going to speak before you speak it. Thou hast set me behind and before and laid thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high, I cannot attain to it. Whether shall I go from your spirit or whether shall I flee from your presence? In other words, I can't go anywhere. You don't know where I'm at. If I ascend up to heaven, there you are. If I make my bed in, in hell, behold, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there, Shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even in the night shall be, even the night will be light about me. Why? Because Jesus is the light of the world. So even in your dark place, if Jesus is there, there's light. Psalms one thirty nine verse twelve says, Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night. Shineth as the day The darkness and the light Are both alike to thee For thou hast possessed My reins, my heart Thou hast covered me In my mother's womb I will praise thee For I am fearfully and wonderfully made Marvelous are thy works And that my soul Knows it right well My substance was not Hid from thee when I was wrought in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being imperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in in continuance were fashioned, even as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God, How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the the sand of the sea. When I walk, I am still with thee. Surely thou wilt slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore. 
you bloody men. In other words, God protects me. And so you and I need to have a Gethsemane in our life. We need to take all of our fears, all of our worries, all our cares up the mountain. I'm not talking about being irresponsible. God wants you to be responsible. But take your worries, your concerns, and your fears up the mountain. And we need to have a Gethsemane, just like Jesus when he was in the garden, when he said, Lord, let this cup pass from me, but even so, not my will, but thine. Um, And if you're not to this place, ask God to bring your heart to such a state where you have no will of your own. And that's what I pray for God for my own life, that I have no will of my own. I'm still very much alive and still have to die to the flesh and still human and still am a work in progress as you are. But God God wants to bring you to that place, and he will. He says, you have not because you ask not. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. So if you're listening now, um, I'm going to pray deliverance over you, and then um, at the end of the program you can call in uh, for prayer. The number is 646-595-4784, and don't forget to press 1, and I'll be happy to pray for you. But right now, if you'll pray with me, if you're listening in, if you'll pray this prayer with me, Lord, in the name of Jesus, forgive me for selfishness, forgive me for wanting my way. And let me say before I start, um, if you've never been born again, you need to be born again. Being born again is more than just head knowledge of believing in Jesus, giving mental assent that Jesus is the Son of God, because the devil and demons believe in Jesus. But it's when what's in your head gets down in your heart and gives you makes you a new creation in Christ. Pray the prayer to receive Jesus, but never have come to the place of denying yourself to take up your cross to follow him. You need to do that now. Uh, if you If you're not sure where you're going to spend eternity you need to surrender your life 100% to him you can't give him part of your heart you've got to give him all of your heart and so let's first pray that's the greatest deliverance anyone can pray for those of you who are not sure about your salvation pray this prayer with me father in the name of Jesus I confess I'm a sinner I thank you for dying on the cross for my sin Lord forgive me for uh accepting you and living after the world and there's been no change believing in you just with my head and not being willing to deny myself and take up my cross and follow you lord i choose to do that today and i receive you as my savior i receive you as my lord i receive you as my healer and am my deliverer in the name of jesus forgive me for selfishness now everyone pray this father uh, forgive me for being naive believing everything and not considering my steps Forgive me for uh, not believing that you're going to answer my prayer. Forgive me for believing the lie that you're just like my mom and dad, that you don't care for me, you don't love me, you don't, you don't uh, protect me, you don't nurture me, you don't provide for me, you don't guide me, you don't direct me, you don't talk to me, and whatever else the Lord showed you. I forgive my mother and father, and just forgive them now for every negative thing that you can think about them that has marred your opinion of God. Uh, I'm just going to give you a minute to pray that, and then I'm going to continue leading you in prayer. But I want you just to forgive your mother and father for every violation of the Word of God in them training you up, every negative you can think about them. Uh, I want you to forgive them. Forgive them for being angry people, for being drug addicted, alcohol addicted, for abandoning you, for 
not nurturing you, not protecting you, not holding you, not kissing you, not being affectionate, not telling you they love you, uh, forgive them for being unfaithful to you, being unfaithful to each other, being a womanizer, uh, um, being a Jezebel, being an Ahab, being controllers, being selfish, being stingy, um, always saying no, uh, just letting you raise yourself. I forgive them if I had to be the mom of the daddy. If I had to carry brothers and sisters on my hip, uh, I renounce. I renounce that, Lord. I, you said that I forgive them for putting your putting their government on my shoulders, Lord. You said the government is on your shoulders, and so just reach up and take the government off your shoulders and put it on God's shoulders. And Father, I for, forgive me for not having understanding, not departing from evil, not abiding in Your Word. Forgive me for hating my mother and father's word. Forgive me for prayerlessness. <clears throat> I forgive them for not wanting to talk to me. Uh, Father, uh, thank you that you have a plan for me, and it's good for good and not for evil, to give me a future and a hope. Um, Forgive me, Lord, for not speaking to others in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody in my heart to you. Lord, thank you that you have a plan for my life, that you scheduled every day of my life before I was born. Thank you that you have ordained my steps. I pray you help me understand my way. Forgive me for being bitter toward my path, for thinking that life has dealt me a, a, a wrong set of cards. Uh, forgive me for being bitter toward my path. Um, thank you that you've ordered my steps. Thank you that you've numbered all my steps. Thank you that the hair on my head is numbered. Thank you that you will instruct me in the way that I should go and you'll counsel me with your eye upon me. Thank you that you will never leave me, fail me, or forsake me, that you'll come to me. You won't leave me as an orphan. Uh, Father, I thank you and praise you that you are my answer. Forgive me for going to the world for answers and looking other places. Um, God, I ask you to bring my heart into such, in such a state that it, my will is one with yours. Uh, Bring my heart to that place, Lord, where I only want your will above my own will. Forgive me for being rebellious. Forgive me for being stubborn. Forgive me that when I've known your will, I've stubbornly refused it. Forgive me for being having an antichrist spirit working for me, working through me. Uh, Forgive me for fear, hurt, worry, anxiety, tension, stress, nervousness. Uh, God, I thank you that I can overcome these things through submission to your lordship. (laughs) Father, forgive me for wanting my own way and fighting against you. Uh, Forgive me, Lord, for not seeking your will. Forgive me for uh, rebelling against you. Forgive me that I have all my plans and I just give up my plans to you, Lord. I take all my plans, all my goals, all my hopes, my dreams up the mountain, and I say, Lord, if it glorify you the most, do it. If not, don't let, don't do it in Jesus' name. But I tell you, devil, you cannot hinder me from being right where God wants me to be in the name of Jesus. Forgive me for not receiving instruction, not listening to instruction. Forgive me for uh, listening to the voice of a stranger. Forgive me for not knowing your word. God, I just come before you like Jesus came um, to you in the Garden of Gethsemane 
And, Lord, I just, whatever difficulty I've been going through, I say, Lord, not my will, but yours. And, Lord, I just thank you and praise you that you have a purpose. Um, I just thank you, Lord, that I don't have to go on my feelings, but I go according to your word. And, Lord, I pray that you bring me to the place where my heart will not turn back so that my steps will not deviate from your path. Forgive me for having a temporal mindset. Forgive me for not having a purpose higher than myself. Forgive me for having a selfish purpose. Um, Forgive me for not being willing to suffer. Forgive me for not seeking first your kingdom and your righteousness. God, forgive me for not allowing you to conform me to your image. Lord, thank you that all your paths are pleasant. All your ways are pleasant and all your paths are paths of peace. Thank you that you enlarge my steps. Lord, forgive me for not that my steps have not held fast to your path. Forgive me, Lord, that your law has not been in my heart because I haven't known what your word says. Forgive me for not running the way of your commandments. Forgive me for not having your perspective. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just come before you, and I say not my will but yours. And, Lord, if I'm not to that place, I thank you that you will bring me that to that place because you said that I can be confident of this very thing, that you who have begun a good work in me will perform it into the day of the Lord Jesus. So, Lord, I just praise you and bless you. And in the name of Jesus, Lord, I break generational curses, soul tie curses, cultural curses, Lord, they forgive their parents. Uh, Lord, forgive them. I just break soul ties with every person they've sinned with or sinned again. Uh, Lord, pray with me. I call back my soul and my human spirit from them. I send back their souls and their human spirits back to them. I exchange their image for the image of Christ. I command all defilement to leave, all fear, doubt, unbelief, worry, anxiety, tension, stress, nervousness. I command you to leave every person who's prayed that prayer with me. In the name of Jesus, I command despondency, depression. I command discouragement to go in the name of Jesus. Fear of trusting God. Every lie that God's like their, their mother, the negatives of their mother and father, I command you to go. All anger, bitterness, hurt, provocation. In the name of Jesus, vexation, pain, sickness, distress, disease. Leave now in the name of Jesus. Uh, in Jesus' name, all lies, lying, unbelief and doubt, mind control has to go. Witchcraft has to go. In the name of Jesus, rebellion and antichrist, Ahab and Jezebel, you have to go. And all religious spirits have to go in the name of Jesus. All deception, delusion has to go. All darkness has to go in the name of Jesus. I break your power in the mighty name of Jesus. Now take a deep breath and blow out in Jesus' name. Praise you, mighty God. And, Lord, I send forth your mighty resurrection, healing, delivering power into the lives of every person who's prayed these repentance prayers. In the name of Jesus, I send forth healing and deliverance. In Jesus' name, I loose on them the truth that sets them free. In Jesus' name, praise you, mighty God. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Now, praise Jesus. Lord, we want to lift up the name of Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Praise you for what you've done today, Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus, for what you've done. Give glory to the Lord. Thank him and praise him. 
in Jesus' name for all that he's done in the mighty name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. As I said before, and, and pray with me, Lord, fill me with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. And if you want prayer, if you'll call in 646-595-4784, and don't forget to press 1. Uh, Abiding Life Ministries, you can write us at Abiding Life Ministries, Post Office Box 1141, Lindell, Texas, 75771. If you've been blessed by today's program, uh, you can. Uh, it encourages me when I hear what God's done. So email me at Jerry McGee at sbcglobal.net. That's G like George E R I M C G H E E at S like Sam B like boy C like cat global.net. Uh, you can go to my website at jerrymcgee.com, G E R I M C G H E E dot com. And uh, we're working on our website now, but um, hopefully you can get on there. Uh, if you've been blessed by the program today and you would like to send an offering, we'd appreciate it. The past couple of months have been kind of hard, but praise God, he's met all of our needs. Um, I don't take a salary, but it costs money to run an office and to print books and um, to pay a secretary. So any ways you can help us, we'd appreciate it. Also, you can give a gift to Dorothy Carruthers. You can go to PayPal and send a gift. Dorothy is is the precious lady that sponsors this program. And uh, her email is D for Dorothy Churchy with a Y C H U R C H Y one at hotmail dot com. Um, uh, we'll be coming again live the first and, and third uh, Tuesdays of the month from six to eight p.m. You can also hear me on Omega Man Radio uh, those alternate Tuesdays, but you can go to omegaman dot com and. Uh, hear me there um let's see um but you can go to my website there's free cds to listen to with deliverance prayers uh there's a place to see my my son's a testimony of uh, him 13 days before he died of aids and like i said that's gone that video has gone on youtube since 1990 um it's gone on it's gone worldwide and when you go to my website, I'll just uh, remind you of a couple of books that I want to encourage you to read. There's one called Drunkenness, Is It a Blessing or Curse? Because there's so much error in the church today. Um, just to give you uh, an example, uh, the other day there was a precious um, lady at my Pennsylvania medium, meeting, meeting that was healed of pain in her body that she had had for, I think she said, 30 years. And she... Uh, she sent me an email telling me what God had done in her life and that God had healed her. And um, and then I got another email said that she went to a Heidi Baker meeting and lost all of her healing. And she wanted to know what she should do. And I told her to renounce uh, Heidi Baker, to break soul ties with anyone who had laid hands on her, uh, to repent of going to that meeting. And... Um, Anyway, she emailed me back, and she said, I did what you said, and I got my healing back. And so um, the point I'm trying to make is there's a lot of stuff out there that's uh, new age or it's witchcraft, and 
and she wanted to know what uh, what was the problem that I saw in Heidi Baker. And I'm and honestly, I have nothing against Heidi Baker's person, but she's into heresy. I said she's into gross error. Um, it's another gospel, another Jesus. No word, no holiness, no righteousness, no repentance. And I've seen her so spiritually drunk, she couldn't even sit in a chair. She was on the floor. And, of course, drunkenness is a, a curse, not a blessing. And, if, and, and you, can, you can read about it if you go to um, jerrymcgee.com and you can order the book I wrote called Drunkenness, Is It a Blessing or Curse? And I go through every scripture in the Bible that has to do with drunk, drunken, sober, alert, um, and you can see all the scriptures that disprove that drunkenness is not a blessing, but it's a curse. <clears throat> also, there's a booklet called Clearing the Land, and it's a repentance book I, I did in 1985. After spending many hours of, of taking people through deliverance, I realized that I could do some preliminary stuff, preliminary stuff. And um, you can actually get deliverance just going through this repentance book because it lists all the curses. In the Bible, um, it it shows you the things that you can repent of. It's basically a sin list, and it shows you how to break soul ties and how to um, uh, how to pray the prayers to renounce certain things. But anyway, that's called clearing the land. It also is available in Spanish, and I think it's six dollars. You can order it online, and it's plus the shipping. And of course, if you're if you're shipping internationally, it, it costs more. And I don't know exactly what the shipping cost is, but uh, encourage you to read that. Also, if you feel like you're being attacked by um, demonic spirits, you know, I've had people call and say, you know, there's people that are, um, they're, I'm being cursed by witches, by Satanists. Uh, there's a book called Spiritual Warfare Prayers you can order, and it shows you prayers to pray consistently against that. And so there's lots of free articles that you can, you can print out. Also, there's um, uh, free CDs with deliverance prayers you can listen to. There's probably a hundred or so other messages that I've never taught on the radio that you can order. Um, but uh, I encourage you to do that. There's also a, a place where you can sign up for my email. And uh, if you're listening and you'd like to have me do a meeting in your area, you can just email me at Jerry McGee at sbcglobal.net, and I go wherever the Lord opens up a door. I don't feel led to go internationally, but that's within the United States. Uh, I have a Duncanville meeting, and we meet the first the first Saturday of each month uh, from 10 to uh, 12.30, and it's at the, the Hilton Garden Inn. It's on, uh, in Duncanville. Uh, it's I-20 and Main Street. It's exit 462, and we meet in the uh, Penn Springs room. And so it's free to attend, but uh, if you'd like to have personal prayer, or if you come and you live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, we'd love to have you in the November meeting. The November meeting will be um, uh, November the 4th. And I'll be at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp November 23rd through the 26th for Thanksgiving. And also I'll be there in December 
the 28th through the 31st for the Christmas camp for the for the winter camp, and uh, you can get prayer every morning. So I really encourage you to come to Lake Hamilton Bible Camp. We have prayer teams that pray for people every morning from eight uh, from six o'clock to eight o'clock, and sometimes nine o'clock, and even gone to nine thirty. But uh, the deliverance ministers are all submitted to God. You know, there's places that you can go. You actually get demons imparted to you. But uh, this prayer team, the prayer team at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp, every one of these people are not into selfish ambition. They're into helping people. They're skilled in deliverance, and you'll get um, mighty deliverance. And the camp is very inexpensive to go. You can go to lakehamilton.com. and you can get the information of all the camps. But I encourage you to go. In fact, I tell people, because I'm at every camp, I've been to every um, every holiday, every camp they've had, every holiday for the past 20 years. <clears throat> every time I come back, I'm different. And I tell people, if they'll come for a year to all the meetings, they won't know themselves next year. So I encourage you to go. It's very, very inexpensive to go. Um in fact, I don't know where you can go and have room and board for so cheap. But it's a wonderful camp, and it's a repentance camp, and it's a deliverance camp. And um, if anybody has called in, I'll be happy to pray for you. Dorothy, is, Ronnie, is there anyone that's called in? No, Jerry, no one's called in. Okay, well, then we're going to close now, and I want to say may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you in a greater way. And I love you.